Hello, this is show number 399. Our focus is true performance, yours and mine. You're listening to this podcast because you believe in more and we're here to give it to you today. We have a classic clip from Zig on stage about hope, his favorite topic. It's eight and a half minutes and from it, we're going to come to a screeching halt on about eight profound points that he hits and ask why and how and what we can do to apply the truths to our life. what you are and where you are because of what's gone into your mind. You can change what you are. You can change where you are by changing what goes into your mind. You cannot become what you need to be by remaining what you are. If you can't take a huge step to begin with, take as big a step as you can, but take it now. That's the key. Take it now. You can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. Today's a brand new day, and it's yours. Hello, I'm Kevin Miller, your host for this show. I am a guy devoted to and intrigued by change and what actually causes us as humans to make positive change. It's the hardest thing we'll ever face and the most powerful. I had a good friend one day say, I would die for my wife. I really would. But the harder question is, would I change for her? So today our focus is true performance. What is it? How do we do it? This is our quest. How do we make positive change? Thanks for joining me. The clip today from Zig is an excerpt from Strategies for Success, Blueprint for Success. It's very much the culmination of highlights from Zig's best work. If you listen to the show where we interview the likes of Dave Ramsey and Dan Miller and Seth Godin and so many more world leaders, you'll hear them testify to the power of these messages. That's not about Zig, but it's the pursuit of their true performance at the hands of incredible guides. So go to Ziggler.com. You can click the navigation tab at the top for online store. You'll get a drop down box. You can click MP3s and strategies for success. And it's actually a, a blueprint for achievement is I think the sixth product on the list. So friends, let's listen to eight and a half minutes of truth from Zig right now. Then we'll break it down. Now, what I want to get at here is something very simple. You cannot become what you need to be by remaining what you are. The growth has got to be a very important part of it. But you can take radical changes in minute steps. What did he do? He learned one word at a time. He invested one dollar at a time. He didn't wait till he had a thousand dollars to start buying stock. He had a few dollars and he invested them and a few more dollars that invested them and never cashed dividends. He said, give me more stock for that. We need to be patient. We need to have a plan and to understand that you can make radical changes in minute steps. You know, earthquakes and hurricanes get all of the publicity. But termites do more damage than both of them put together. And the termite takes bites which are so small with the naked eye you can't see them. But oh, do those little boogers take lots of bites. And there are tons of millions of them. We can take minute steps and make some remarkable progress in our lives, especially if we keep doing it day after day after day. And that's why hope's so important. You see, you see uh, when the going gets tough, the hopeful keep going. But the hope needs to be fueled with encouragement. 
That's why we said so many times about Automobile University, encouragement, 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 because, you know, there are some people who basically are negative and they want you to join them. <laughs> Heard about a fellow that lived in a little town that wanted to start a pessimist club. <laughs> the vote was 37 to nothing not to do it because nobody thought it'd work. <laughs> I mean, you know, there, there are those, uh, those people, uh, you know, wherever we go. But let me also say that necessity or desire breeds hope. Either necessity or desire, that fuels hope. For 24 years of my adult life, by choice, I weighed well over 200 pounds. I say by choice simply because I've never accidentally eaten anything in my life. (laughs) Always choice. Now, if I choose to eat too much, then I've chosen to weigh too much. Uh, During those 24 years, I lost uh, roughly 2,000 pounds. That's not a big deal. You take it off, you put it on. You take it off, you put it on. I tried every diet known to man. I tried a 30-day diet and lost a month. <laughs> you know, But I was serious about it. I dieted religiously. I mean, I quit eating in church. I did the whole nine <laughs> yards. I got on a serious exercise program. Up until then, my idea of exercise simply was to fill the tub, take a bath, pull the plug, and fight the current. <laughs> I mean, that was it. And that's not much of an exercise program. But you know, an interesting thing, when I started eating sensibly and exercising sensibly, in 10 months' time, I lost the 37 pounds I needed to lose. Now, put your pencil to it. That means I lost an average of one and nine-tenths ounces a day, every day, for 10 months. And anybody who has a weight problem that seems to keep coming and staying too long, you just had hope born in your life because you just said, you know, I can do that. I can learn a word a day. I could invest a buck a day. I could do that. And that's when people get busy. If you can't take a huge step to begin with, take as big a step as you can. But take it now. That's the key. Take it now. On this health bid, uh, also doing uh, big things in a certain amount of time. When I wrote See You at the Top, 384 pages, I did it in 10 months. That means I wrote one and one-fourth pages a day on average every day for 10 months. A lot of would-be authors will hear this. I encourage you, start writing your book today. doesn't have to be monumental. If it never gets published, it doesn't matter. It will do you more good than anything you'll ever do. You know why? It'll clarify your thinking. It'll clarify you and let you know exactly what you are thinking about and what your dreams and what your goals in life are. The long-range benefits of all of this are enormous. I know this will stun most of you because most people, when they see me, figure I'm probably in my early 30s or something like that. (laughs) But I'm 72 and a third, uh, folks. A few months ago, I stayed on the treadmill at the Cooper Clinic three minutes and ten seconds longer than I'd been able to stay when I was 45 years old and in miserable condition. It's amazing what a little effort every day, a little reading every day, a little kindness every day, a little thoughtfulness every day. That's the way you raise positive kids in a negative world. That's the way you build a magnificent marriage. That's the way you win scholarship. That's the way you do anything. It's not the honeymoon that makes a difference. It's what you do when you get back from the honeymoon that's going to make the difference. The plans that you have and the consistency of following through. And a lot of people say, well, uh, Zig, you know, that... uh, 
that sounds pretty good, but let me tell you about all the problems I've had in the past. You know, people love pity parties, don't they? <laughs> the problem with pity parties is very few people come, and those who do don't bring presents. I mean, uh, it's, just not a, it's just not a big deal for them. Uh, but instead of letting you tell me about your problems, let me tell you about 300 world-class leaders. I'm talking about Helen Keller and Clara Barton and Mother Teresa. I'm talking about Martin Luther King and Mahatma Gandhi. I'm talking about Roosevelt and Churchill. I'm talking about world-class leaders. 300 of them they did a study on. 75% of them were either raised in poverty or they'd been abused as children or they had some serious physical problem. But they understood it's not what happens to you. It's how you handle what happens to you that's going to make the difference. A lot of people say, well, I've just failed so many times. Let me say it again. Failure is an event. It's not a person. I love what Dr. J. Allen Peterson said about it. A failure means you put forth some effort. That's good. Failure gives you an opportunity to learn a better way to do it. That's positive. A failure teaches you something and adds to your experience. That's very helpful. Failure is an event, never a person. An attitude, not an outcome. A temporary inconvenience, a stepping stone. Our response to it determines just how helpful it can be. Yes, failure is an event. It is not a person. Life is a long series of ups and downs, and valleys are necessary. My friend and mentor, Fred Smith, 83 years old, says the food you grow in the valley is what you'll eat on the mountaintop. You will never find a very successful person who's not had the valley experiences because that's where they really learn character. As a matter of fact, if you analyze it just a a little bit, and incidentally, a friend of mine, Charles Dixon, is writing a book entitled You Can't Climb a Smooth Mountain. Now, isn't that interesting? Because it's absolutely right. You can't climb a smooth mountain. You got to have the rocks and the crevices and the ups and the downs and the problems that go along with it. That's life itself. But when you look at the ups and downs of life, here's something that got me excited. And and I got to be honest and confess, I have never prayed and asked God to send me problems. I've never said, Lord, I just got it so good. Why don't you send me some tough times? I mean, I've never done that. Chances are next time we get together, I'll still be able to say, I've never done that. (laughs) Which might be a mistake. Maybe I should. Because problems produce patience. Patience produces persistence. Persistence produces character. Character produces hope. And hope produces power. Well, Zig leads off with this statement. You cannot become what you need to be by remaining what you are. Let's listen to that again. You cannot become what you need to be by remaining what you are. Now, it's one of those statements that he just whips out and then keeps going, and I'm just stopped in my tracks, right? Or I think that I should stop in my tracks and say, wait a minute, what does that really mean for my life tangibly? He just didn't say that to sound brilliant, which it is. He said that for us to embrace and engage in. I mean, if you really think about the statement, you think, well, of course, it's like saying that you cannot get to one place without leaving another. I can't get to the grocery to buy food, which is one of my favorite hobbies, buying food, without leaving my home. 
So if I want to become wealthier, I have to leave the current activities that are only adding up to the current income I have. If I want to become more compassionate and gracious, which I do, then I have to leave the current inattentiveness to my attitude and nature and proactively work on changing my brain and my thoughts and my behavior and my actions. If I want to lose weight or gain muscle, I'll have to make deposits in my dietary intake and physical exertion every day that I'm not making today and probably push something out, stop some other activity to create this new room for this new activity. So, I mean, in that sense, you think, okay, it's basic math, right? But it's terrifically hard to walk out. Uh, it's, it, it is, I mean, it's, and it's a hope otherwise, which reminds me of the line in the Lord of the Rings. that says, look for your friends, but do not trust a hope. Now Ziegler, we love hope. We believe in hope, but we trust in action. Otherwise it is just hope and it doesn't take us anywhere. And that can be a, an issue with those of us seeking personal development, seeking positive messages that we take it in. It bolsters our help, but if we don't ever take action on it, it just remains hope. Well, Zig next hits on this. He says, you can make radical changes in minute steps. And then if you can't take a huge step, this is one of the quotes from the intro of this show. If you can't take a huge step, take as big a step as you can, but take it now. Well, I really appreciate that perspective uh, especially when we start to compare ourselves to others, you know, that somebody else is going after it. We read about them. We're inspired and we think, oh my gosh, though, but the steps, what they did, I can't do that. I don't have that margin. I don't have those finances. I don't have the means. I don't want to take that much of a risk. I can't afford that with my current circumstances. Uh, and I understand that, but it's, let me tell you a story. It reminded me of this. Uh, it was a client of mine good many years back now, uh, his name is Ken, and he was very obese, significantly obese. And he came to an event that I was leading on pursuing self-employment, and he felt like that's what he wanted to do, though really at the root of it, as is the root for many seeking self-employment, it's really a alternative work life that they want and an alternative personal life that is ultimately the result of that. So they're looking to do something they care about, do something with meaning, do something where they have control over their time and their actions and their work and their life. And this is really Ken's story. A big part of that, of his journey was losing weight, getting more in shape. So this is what he did. And this is, this is significant. And guy, this is a, just like me. This is an average guy. Okay. He'd obviously done uh, many years of bad habits that got him to that point. And that wasn't the only bad circumstance in his life, but it was a very tangible one. And it was one that he could more readily start to address. So he did, he signed up for many, many, many months out. He signed up for a 5k over a year out, he signed up for a marathon, registered, paid his money, non-refundable. He went further. He got the hotel room, reserved it. He went further. He went and bought the plane tickets so that there would be big consequences if he backed out. Now, the bigger thing, I think, is then he went and told everybody at work about this. Now, that's putting yourself up for some, you could have some stones thrown at you. Like, really, buddy, you're going to do a marathon? Now, he didn't, though. And this says something about Ken, too. What he did is he inspired people. And so he started eating smaller amounts and having a snack at work and during his lunchtime going out and, of course, at first just walking. And what happened from that? Others started doing it. He inspired people. They were inspired by this guy who was putting himself out on a limb to make 
change. That is significant. That is taking the step that you can. All right. And taking it now. And he did it and he put skin in the game. Love that story. And he did some big things in his life. It wasn't perfect. It didn't mean he went and ran a killer marathon. Okay. It was just about getting started, taking some steps. And at some point looking back and saying, Hey, I have made progress. I have come a long way. The next thing that Zig shares is significant. You've actually heard it before. It never hit me like it did this time though. And I want to really break this one down. Before I do, I want to thank Earth Class Mail for their sponsorship of this show. Earth Class Mail. They move your snail mail, check this out, to the cloud, giving you instant access 24-7, and they integrate with the tools and services we use every day. I mean, it's crazy that we've moved everything we do for business over to the digital world, uh, business and personal, goodness. But we still need to pick up, sort, and manage physical mail. In my rural area up here in the Rocky Mountains, we don't even have personal email boxes. We actually pick ours up, my family, about four miles away. 95% is junk. We immediately throw away. But with Earth Class Mail, you can get all your mail scanned and accessible online. Again, 24-7, you can search your mail, send invoices over to your accounting software, sync important documents into cloud storage, deposit checks, and really just make running your business a whole lot easier. You also get a real professional address you can share publicly with customers, business partners, investors. You'll never need to worry about someone showing up at your front door if you run your business from home. Earth Class Mail is a brilliant solution that's perfect for businesses and independent entrepreneurs of all types. So visit earthclassmail.com slash Ziggler. You'll get your first month of service free when you sign up. Again, that's earthclassmail.com slash Ziggler. So Zig's next big message is one that you have, if you've listened to many Ziggler shows, you've heard from Tom. Earthquakes and tornadoes get all the publicity, but termites do more damage. Well, again, Tom likes that saying. He says it a lot, but man, it's, it's, it reminded me of a personal story that I'm dealing with right now. I have a rental home. I'm a landlord by choice, meaning we built our current house in 2007 uh, when the real estate market tanked and I couldn't sell my old house. So I became a landlord because I had no other choice. Well, About three years ago, I let a family come in that I shouldn't have. Their credit rating was poor. They had had inconsistent work, but I was impatient and they seemed well-meaning and I wanted to trust. I mean, I always want to trust, but it's been a long journey and I've had to carry them far too much, especially as uh, of late. There's so many crises that happen to them that throw their world into chaos. Again, those earthquakes and tornadoes from illnesses and car wrecks and family trials and relational things and uh, yada, yada. I, so many, I get these calls about the woes that manifest and why they can't pay their rent. But those, of course, are not, as Zig says, the problem. The problem is the termites, the day-to-day bad habits and bad decisions and negative attitudes and lack of faith and lack of responsibility. Now, hey, it's the same in my life. But admittedly, some people, it's more blatant and tangible uh, with bigger consequences than others. And, you know, made me think of, I mean, how often do I feel the emotion of, you know, are you kidding me? That's just great. Or I should have figured. Or seriously, God? I mean, you just feel waylaid by what feels like these, you know, somewhat frequent tornadoes and earthquakes in your life. Uh, But what are the termites? Again, the daily habits and attitudes that we're not taking real action to change. 
And that's the difference. That's what I'm talking about daily to myself that I've got to change. But then what, what it made me think as I, as I really dwelled on this, this time was, you know, can you then do all the work, have great habits and attitude and faith, get your self-talk nailed down and your self-image is good and you're competent. And then the problems go away. Well, well, kind of, but it's not that they don't happen. So I thought about it this way. Um, I got a tax statement again, real story tax statement from the IRS years ago. It showed me my taxable income since the beginning of time. And it showed a year, a year in which I was married and already had, I think two or three kids. And it showed that I had made zero, zero dollars. That's in my history, IRS. Now I was working plenty. It wasn't for laziness, but I'd taken out personal loans to fund a business that I knew would monetize fast. And I lost my shirt. I, I lost all of my shirts and more. And I ended up, uh, I did end up partnering in a business from those efforts that did succeed. But that year I managed to put zero on the books. And what's the point? Well, when there's no money in the bank like that, and there's a car breakdown, it's devastating. I mean, heck, just trying to uh, deal with the grocery trip is devastating. I couldn't afford the, the loss. I couldn't afford the money. Well, today, does my car break down? Absolutely. Do hot water heaters die? Do, do family reunions come up where I need to fly 11 people across the country? Uh, that's currently happening. And, and those things happen, but not that that's a problem, but that, you know, at the expense, it, it's not that big a deal when there's a rever- reserve of finances. That's what Zig is talking about here. The daily good habits, proactively programming our minds for optimism and faith and belief and joy, make the daily problems that do have smaller, sometimes even insignificant because we have a reserve of our spirit, of our joy, of our soul. And it, uh, it's dramatic. And that's why you find people like Zig who have really zeroed in on this and they're, that's their cry the people. If you want to have peace, have joy, have no worries. I remember when he told me that one time, it was a day, a, the day that I spent with the last time I saw him and he talked about that. I never worry. And I honestly, true story. I thought really, that's just, that's not reasonable. I can't say that I have no worry today, but I understand it more. I understand it more. All right, well, Zig next talks about encouragement. Another one that just kind of stopped me this time. He repeats it over and over how vital it is, encouragement for fueling our hope. Well, when I think of encouragement, I think of someone personally. Encourage me face-to-face. I get this from my wife, my kids, friends, family. I get it from listeners and clients and customers. But I know that there's a lot of people listening right now who have zero personal engagement of encouragement in their lives. Somebody looking them in the eye, who knows them, giving them encouragement. Again, some people have zero and it may be you. So what do you do? Well, Zig mentions Automobile University, which is where you can listen while you have time to inspiration and motivation, just like we're doing here with Zig and with this show and with the guests that we have on here and listen to this. I mean, again, there are people like uh, my dad, Dan Miller and Seth Godin who have shared how in hard times they relied on the words of Zig and Brian Tracy and Dale Carnegie and other top inspirational leaders to help fuel their hope and bolster them and guide them out of their valleys, which we're going to talk about in just a second. And that's powerful. That's powerful. But I got to admit, it's still not personal. It's left for you to believe in you, to look yourself in the face 
and encourage yourself. Believe in yourself. I saw a poster recently, a, a quote poster that also said, hey, if thousands believe in you and encourage you, it's irrelevant if you don't believe in you. It does still come down to you. I think it's just easier when you have other people testifying to you as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look at the celebrities that seem to have, they've got money, they've got fame, they've got fans, they've got popularity and they commit suicide. There's something at the core of them that was not solid. But on this, uh, I think most would like, would rather have that personal engaged eye to eye, face to face encouragement. So I was thinking about that and would offer you to get involved with people in groups where you can give and receive real personal encouragement. So back to Zig's favorite quote, start helping people get what they want so you can get what you want. You know, join a fitness group or a group of fellow hobbyists uh, that are interested in what you are. Toastmasters is a great place. Volunteer for an event uh, around something that you care about. Join a church and and get into a group of interest there and and go there to give and invest and grow, harvest your own encouragement. Invest in your own encouragement. I would strongly encourage you to do this. Well, Zig talks then about losing weight one little bit at a time and how when he averaged out how much time, how much time he had spent losing X amount of weight, how it was such an insignificant bit a day that it broke it down. And he felt like that makes it feasible for anyone to say, Hey, I can do that. He was a master at that. He talks about writing, see you at the top, his best selling book over 10 months time. And that was just over a page a day. I think that perspective, that tactic in essence is the most uh, successful. It's the safest. It's making a deposit every day as opposed to putting it off and think and saying, Hey, I'll catch up or I'll make a big deposit down the road though. I'll admit that's me. I'm not a very moderate man. I am, uh, I tend to go into things with a lot of gusto and, uh, do make big movements, big steps, but that's just what works for me. Again, I don't know that it's the best way. I, I, it's not, I mean, by far uh, across the board, average of success, it's not, it's, you're better off to make a deposit every day. But, uh, the point isn't to have a cookie cutter, black and white step-by-step. This is the way you do it because that's not going to work for everybody. The point is finding out what does work for you. I have personally found that I can do well to ignore. Let's take writing for instance, to ignore it for days and days and days, and then boom, and I'll pull a late nighter and six hours or whatever it takes, and I'll write it and I'll do something really good. I like the pressure. I like the deadline. And that's what works for me. Again, whatever works for you. Just, I would, I would offer, don't be, don't be uh, waylaid if it's outside of conventional wisdom. I think we're prone to do that when we read a book about somebody successful and we hear, and they'll say, they'll take what worked for them and say, do it this way. And then uh, somebody else will say, do it this way. And you'll find conflicting things. But regardless, you need to be true to yourself as well. The point is what causes you to do the right actions and get the right results. And if it's something that's crazy, great. Uh, being successful is crazy. All right. But back to termites, I mean, overall for overall success, the number one thing we can do is again, we'll keep beating this drum, good daily habits that make consistent deposits towards the positive things we want for our life. Zig next talks about a study with world leaders. Now, before I hit on that, I want to thank our other supporter of today's show, Backblaze. It's an unlimited cloud backup for Macs and PCs for just five bucks a month. 
Backblaze, it backs up documents and projects and music and photos and videos and all your data. You can access all your data anywhere in the world on the web or with iOS and Android apps. Then they also have Restore by Mail. You can purchase a hard drive with all your data on it and overnight it via FedEx. Backblaze will send back a Restore by Mail drive within 30 days. Backblaze, they back up over 200 petabytes of data. I hadn't heard that term before. That's a lot. It's over 200,000 terabytes. Over 10 billion files have been restored by Backblaze. That's a lot of data that folks got back. There are no gimmicks or additional charges. It's just five bucks a month for unlimited, unthrottled, off-site backup. So make sure you visit backblaze.com slash Ziggler so they know where you are, where you came from. Start a fully featured 15-day free trial at backblaze.com slash Ziggler. All right, Zig's study, and it was of world, 300 world leaders, 75%, this is what they found, 75% raised in poverty or abused as children, or they had some serious physical problem. And his point out of that is it's not what happens to you, it's what you do with what happens to you. Uh, but those things that happen to us either strengthen or weaken us. And I'm not so pithy as to say, hey, it's just your choice. I mean, it is, but it's also taking into account a hit and a, a trauma and not just discounting it, but we are left to overcome it or not. One of his favorite lines, failure is an event, not a person. And failure, gosh, in my experience, it is the best teacher. I mean, you know, thinking about that, I mean, if you don't fail, you just aren't trying very hard. In working out to gain muscle is an analogy I like to use. It only happens when you go to failure. Otherwise, you absolutely will not gain. My goal fitness-wise right now is to do what they call a muscle up. Imagine doing a, you can look it up online, muscle up, doing a pull-up, a chin-up, but then continuing on up over the bar till you push the bar underneath you. It's incredibly hard. Now, I can whip out some pull-ups. Uh, but that is, I'm dead trying to go up over the bar because it takes so much more from a muscle standpoint. So today I have, uh, I did my pull-ups where I, I even use my body, try to jerk myself up and I'm trying to strengthen my forearms and my wrists and the parts of my shoulders and back that are necessary. But I go up as high as I can. I do about 10 reps doing that uh, to where I can't hardly get myself up over the bar at all anymore. And then I get a chair underneath me and then I'll jump up and then I do these uh, presses up and down, kind of like dips up and down. So I'm doing the best that I can, but I can't actually fulfill one of the full movements. Well, then I go over, I do uh, three sets of that. Then I go over to my uh, the machine. It's a pull down, like with a cable and I put enough weight on there where I can mimic the thing from pulling, you know, from having straight up over my head all the way down past my chest, down over my abdomen, and then, down, you know, and then I extend all the way down. So I'm mimicking what I'm trying to do. And I start off with a certain weight to where I can do about eight, take some weights off, do it again till I can't, till, till failure, take some weights off, do it again to failure, take some weights off, do it again to failure. It's called superset. So I've, I've been doing that with all, a lot of my workouts lately. And oh my gosh, it just, nothing will rip your muscles apart and leave you feeling uh, more sore than those. But, and that's the point I'm ripping them apart so that through now, then my sleep and water and nutrition, I build back a little stronger because my body's saying, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to get stronger if he's going to do that again. It's a great analogy. That if we want to rise above where we are now, now we're going to have to come to failure. We're going to have to find margin. That doesn't mean you go to financial ruin, you know, quit your job and put everything out on the line. 
Uh, it doesn't mean that you go to crisis and tragedy at all, but it is giving ourselves the margin to try some things that are not going to work out. That often and do anything of, of worth, we're going to have to do that to find what does work. I mean, this is the essence of entrepreneurialism. Well, so he talks on that and he says valleys are necessary. So if you think of failure, if you think of trying something, gosh, I tried and tried and oh my gosh, it just made everything worse in a sense. I'm in a valley. I mean, that's going to happen. That is trying and failing. Well, Fred Smith, and this is Zig cites that Fred Smith, his mentor says the food, this really hit me folks. The foods you grow in the valley are what you'll eat on the mountaintop. Holy moly. So if I end up in a valley for whatever reason that, in there. So during hardship, failure, tragedy, victimization, when I'm in the valley, if I plant despair, hopelessness, anger, bitterness, addiction, then that's the food that I get to eat. That's my nourishment as I try to climb out and try to get to the top. Well, that's not going to work. No wonder so many just, we fall back into the valley over and over again. And, And a lot of people just then submit and say, Hey, this is my lot in life. It's not a lot, but it's my life. And I live in the valley. I kind of like my renters, unfortunately. But if you're in that valley that you're going to be, if you try anything hard enough, worthy enough, and if you plant hope and belief and learning and admission and acknowledgement and seeking true help and inspiration and motivation, then we have those things to eat on our way up. Those are sustaining. That's what will get us out of the valley. That's what will get us to the peak. And that is powerful. That is powerful. And it's going to be hard again. That's the point. And I think a lot of us, a lot of our culture has gotten to where we don't want to do anything hard. We're seeking comfort. Okay. The next thing that we can do so we don't have to put out any extra physical exertion. I've seen recently they have these remote control uh, mowers, right? It's like a, it looks like a little push mower robot thing and it's a remote control. So we went from having to push, if anybody remembers the ones that you see sometimes in an antique store, which just blades and a wheel and you're pushing is what makes the blades go around. We went from that to a push lawnmower, which is an engine, but you still have to push it. That's what I grew up using. Of course, then we went to the self-propelled push lawnmower. We have to walk. Then we went to the riding lawnmower where you could just get to ride. Now we have a little robot that you just let go. And I think it goes around, looks like it's a pool cleaner and just does that. What the funny thing is, is so many people doing that, then go pay money for a gym membership or go out extra to run and get that physical exertion. And my thought is, you know, you could mow your yard and uh, get some physical activity and uh, also get the yard mowed. It's funny, the things that we do. Okay. Well, so back to uh, Zig, he says, you know, you can't climb a smooth mountain, man. I love that. That's so funny. We had a hard winter this uh, this year in the Rocky mountains and I live up a big mountain pass and there's another little mountain pass to get up to my place. And there were times when it was so icy, it was almost impossible to get up even with four wheel drive, big truck, great tires, all, all ter- or not all terrain, uh, uh, winter tires, uh, big traction tires, and you could not get up it. We need something. We need some chains on the wheels or we need some gravel or sand put on there. We need the rocks. We need the hardships to get traction. I, again, these are these analogies that I think we sometimes kind of nod, and, uh, but we don't really take into account. They're real. They are real. All right. Last point. Zig loves to take one thing and lead it to another and take that and lead it to another thing. And he makes some profound points. This one, we're just going to take a second and break it down. Zig said, said, he said this in the message, problems produce patience. Patience produces persistence. Persistence produces character. Character produces hope. Hope produces power. 
Well, I, I wrote it down. I'm looking at it right now. I studied it. And here's what, cur- it, what was curious to me. I don't or won't claim any religion or label, but I do believe the Bible. Uh, the main thing that causes me to not claim any of the verbiage and labels around it is because it's how it's been abused. And so much of it to me comes to specific verses and chapters and premises and perspectives in the Bible that have been taken out of context and used for gain, used for excuses, used to harm others, even the people who are the ones saying them. There are so many of these statements and promises in the Bible that people state and claim and they leave out the foundation and the foundation is it's an if statement. So here's, here's the most common one. I think God will work all things for good. I'm a Christian. God will work all things for good. This thing that I did, this thing that I got myself into, God will work all things for good. This mistake, God will work all things for good. You know what? There's a comma after that statement. Go look at the verse in context. And it goes on to say, in essence, for God will work all things for good for them that love God and are called according to his purpose that are pursuing and following him for his purposes. That's an if if then statement folks. And I'm probably going to get some negative feedback on that one. If you got that, send it to ask at zigshow.com and let's talk about it. Don't take that one thing that you disagree with and put it on iTunes, please. We have some people that like to do that and they'll say, hey, the show's awesome, but Kevin said this one thing and I didn't like that. Okay. Don't discount the entire show because of something that you disagreed with. And you're welcome to disagree with, though I'd ask you to hear me out on this. There's a lot of statements that have an if then. then it's a statement or a claim or a promise that's given based on a presupposition or assumption of something else that we are doing something else that we are embodying something else. It's like a promise that you're going to get, you are going to get wet. And that's a good thing. You can sit around though with faith and take that one piece of it uh, and have try to have faith that that promise is going to happen, but not, not actually get wet because there's a comma after it that says, if you go and find and engage with water in these types of ways, that's very elementary, but my goodness, again, let's go back to Zig's ending statement here in this message. Problems produce patience. Patience produces persistence. Persistence produces character. Character produces hope. Hope produces power. Now he is presupposing though, that you are doing the things that he talks about, that you are pursuing the, you're using the self-talk cards. You're increasing your self-image. You are looking to your faith. You are building strong relationships. You are working on your confidence and growing it. And so it would be more appropriate if we rephrased it like this, because this is what he's assuming. He's saying problems can, your problems can produce patience in you. And then that patience can produce persistence. And then that persistence can produce character. And then that character can produce, if you'll let it, hope. And then that hope can produce power. If, it's an if. If you take action with the daily habits that give you faith and belief and strength to overcome the problem instead of being overcome by it. And as always, holy smacks, I'm talking to myself. Kevin, listen to that, those problems, the problems that I had today before I came here to deal with this show, they can produce patience and patience can produce persistence. Persistence can produce character, character can produce hope. And that hope can give me the power that I need to be an overcomer and not be overcome by those things. Folks, this is some good, real truth to inspire 
our true performance. Thanks for being with me, uh, where I get to be with you in getting better. I look forward to being back with you in the next Ziggler Show. Ziggler Show.